Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. And welcome to the Week 12 edition of the Fields of Fantasy Podcast. Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football are here with you for the 12th week in the row, Ed. 11 weeks of the season are in the books. We're approaching Week 12. It flies by, doesn't it, Ed? I keep saying that. I can't believe we're on Week 12. Not be long before it's all over. With the exciting news as well that Sky Sports have got some NCAA college football as well. My mind at the weekend was a little bit on thinking about the players we're talking about in draft season as well. As soon as we get towards the end of one, we start thinking about the next. But that will be lots and lots of content for the off-season. Also, a little little surprise that we have in the lines, don't we? Had for some festive shows. I'm very excited about the festive shows. Festive 5 will be on its way, but more about that in a few weeks. We had a good week fantasy football-wise, didn't we, this week? My top 10 leagues, I've started to filter them off now as I'm out of contention a couple, but my 10 that I'm prioritising now, I'm in the chance I won eight off, so I was very, very happy. Is that the royal week? Because I didn't have a great week. Oh, did you not? <laughs> no, I know. No, I, I assumed I was happy, <laughs> no, so you must yeah. be happy. No, I, I won in my top two leagues, the two money leagues, but below that, it was a mixed bag, and that's being kind. In our money keeper league, I was very confident because I needed 20 points from Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown. That was close. What did they get? Just over 20. Yeah, Devonta. It was Devonta's week, wasn't it? AJ yeah. Brown was very quiet. So AJ Brown's 1.6 we'll talk about later on. Um, it was a good week for our starts and sits as well. So I was really pleased. Brock Purdy ended up being a great choice this week. I had a Purdy Ayuk stack that won me cash money in DFS. That I was very, very pleased with. What, in, in the in the DFS? I came second. Did second you? in the Fields Fantasy. Oh, I missed that uh, off. Congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. Congratulations. I was nowhere near first place. I had a very similar team the person who came first, but the two or three variations got him about an extra six or seven points per player. So it was a convincing win, but I was happy with my second place. But my second place, I think, that I got um, uh, last season funded me until very recently. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm quizzing so, for the rest of the season yeah, now, so yeah. I'll be happy with that. But the reason I kind of mentioned our look last week is the fact that it's not really look at it, it's just looking at the numbers and looking at the data so all of our starts and sits are based on as you know if you're a regular listener looking at the matchups looking at the teams who tend to give up those points to those positions so for example purdy we said was in line to have a good game against the books a team that blitz more than most and a quarterback who is good against the blitz and also the fact that the books had historically shipped big points against high power offenses of which the 49ers are one Singletary had a good game, as expected, against the Cardinals, who let running backs have good games. Tommy DeVito, we'll talk about lots more later on, but we did say he might be worth a risk if he needed to because of how the Commanders' defence are playing against quarterbacks. Love did well against the Chargers, despite looking great recently because quarterbacks do well against the Chargers. Engram was quiet against the Titans, as we said they probably would be because the Titans are the second best against tight ends in the league. So to name but a few, and this is... Partly blowing our own trumpets, we like to do every so often. Look beyond just those projections. Look at the matchups as well. Look at where you've got the opportunities for those ceilings. Or don't do any of that. Sit comfortably. Listen in. We've got more wisdom coming your way, guys. Are you ready for that wisdom, Ed? Always. Before wisdom is your favourite time, Edward. Are you ready for the greatest feature on any fancy football podcast in the world? I think you should leave the drops to Malcolm. But yes, I am ready. Malcolm, drop it, please. Fantasy Heroes. From zero to hero for T-Law, 
His first two rushing touchdowns of the season were just the icing on the cake of a huge 32-point haul against the Titans. Shocker, Tyreek Hill had a massive week again, another 30-plus points for the fancy cheater. It must have been a relieved Calvin Ridley who finally showed his worth with his best score of the season as he doubled his touchdown count to four. George Kittle scored over 20 points for the third week in a row. For the first time in his career, we doff our caps to San Fran George. Prior to week 11, the Giants defense had scored 45 points in 10 games. Well, in week 11, they amassed 26 points in one game. A shame they were probably nowhere near your team. On the ground and through the air, Saquon drove Washington to despair as he totaled 140 yards and two receiving touchdowns, courtesy of passes by this week's undisputed hero of the week, Tommy DeVito, who made us say, Danny who, as he managed to prove he can walk like a man. That was a reference to the song by the Four Seasons, of whom their guitarist was called Tommy DeVito. Goodness I me, that I was assumed, quite a niche reference. Wow, I, had to I assumed it, it was some sort of. I assumed it was some sort of reference to a Danny DeVito film. So no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Uh, I went far more niche than that, and then realised it needed explaining. <laughs> I think if the puns need explaining, they are very niche. Yes. Right. Now we've been negative about my use of puns. Should we get negative about some fancy football athletes? Oh, there's lots of them. Fantasy zeros. It feels like we're witnessing the end of King Henry's reign as Derek only managed 38 yards on 10 attempts against the Titans. One passing touchdown in five weeks tells its own story. 3.8 yards per attempt this week for Kenny Pickett. Hollywood Brown is taking a claim to a spot on the walk of shame over the last two weeks. He ended up being wide receiver 73 on the week. Austin Eckler, seven fancy points. His fancy managers must have wondered what the eck is going on. This season I thought we'd be getting chiggy with it, but a conquo has been more chiggy chiggy bang bang. He's still not managed a single week as tight end one. Back to back down weeks for Diggs as he's dropped to wide receiver four overall. Just four receptions for a poultry 27 yards. That was a timekeeping masterclass. That was perfect. <laughs> I think we're getting better, Mark. I, I genuinely Better think. and better and better <laughs> and better. Um, do you know who's not getting better and better and better and better and better? No. Let's talk about the Bengals. Oh, don't, Mark, I'm still in mourning <laughs> for Joey B, and I don't think I'm ready to be to talk about it, really. But so I'm, we, I know I'm going to have to. We thought Joe Burrow would be out for the season when we recorded Fancy Five mm. last Friday, and it turns out he is out for the season. Obviously, we can't really slate his fancy football performance. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of it for Joey B. But can I just say... You can. Can I just want to say... There's Go been on, a, then. There's been a lot of rubbish on social media this year <laughs> about or since the injury, about Joey B being injury-prone. He has just played 50 straight games. Played through injury for some of them, but he's played 50 straight games. Sorry, carry on. Um, I was wondering when the injury-prone narrative would come in, because when anyone gets an injury, that comes out. But I don't think he says someone's injury-prone when they've had an injured knee from a non-contact injury in training. And then a wrist injury. That's not injury. Which prone. is also for like a 20 stone man landing on his that, wrist. It's two yeah. separate injuries. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what happens when people land on people. Injury prone is something we've spoken about a lot. I think unless it is the same injury over and over again, you're not prone to that injury. You've just got injured again. So, so yeah, Joey B is not injury prone. Carry no. on. Neither is Lamar Jackson for that matter. In fact. No, no, I agree. But we could do a whole podcast on that, I am sure. Outside of Mixon though, 21 points. Another Mc, good week for Mixon. McPherson yeah. got nine. Tanner Hudson, 8.9. That's it. They were the headline figures across the whole of the Bengals, unfortunately. 
Tannhutten's... Unfortunately, you were delighted. Well, no, we'll explain why unfortunately later <laughs> oh, on. Okay. Unfortunately later on. Lamar Jackson, baby, had a big game, 23.96 points. Gus Edwards, the Gus Bus, 21 points as well. OBJ, 15.6 until he was uh, brutally injured by a nasty, nasty... Oh, God, yeah. Is another one. <laughs> but all Ravens wide receivers had good flex value, which is a rarity. I say a rarity. This week against the Chargers may be par for the course. Burr and Andrews score low points due to injury and present more challenges to fancy rosters with early picture of them made in the offseason. So we know Joey B is going to be out for the season now. Mark Andrews, it seems to be a little bit more positive that he might be available at some stage. I would imagine that some stage will be after the fantasy season is over, though. Yeah, we playoffs, won't it, if he's available. So on to this weekend's games, though. Eagles and Chiefs, we'll start with AJ Brown, who should have been a zero. But we wrote our zeros last night. We were recording on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, maybe... He feels it, like he's due a pass, maybe. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it really, he should have been a zero, shouldn't he? We could have bumped someone for him. It was a disappointing week for AJ Brown. Very disappointing. Only one reception for eight yards on four targets. I'm sure he'll set the record straight this week, though. Hurts and Mahomes both had reasonable weeks, but quite by their standards, really. Shaco Smith and Kelsey all about hit their projections as well, so they would have done you good. Kelsey, I think if he doesn't get a phenomenal number, you feel he's disappointed, doesn't he? But he did all right again this week. Justin Watson, 16.3 points from nowhere. Career high in targets and career high in fancy points. We'll talk about him later on again in the show, no doubt. DeAndre Swift continues to have the Philly backfield essentially to himself as well amongst the running backs. But Jalen Hurts equaled his 12 carries as well. So points spread out in that game last night. Right, Titans v Jags. So we talked about T-Law and Ridley, great games for them. Uh, both needed it, as did the Jags, needed a, a great, it was a real blowout, wasn't it? A blowout win for the Jags. Will Levis, another couple of passing touchdowns, but only 13 completions. So he's not really getting you the points that maybe a few people hoped for after yeah. the hype when he was drafted. D-Hop, efficient, I would describe him as, four of five, 59 yards and a touchdown. There were no other scorers of note, really, for the Titans. It was a really quiet game for them. So what I'd like to mention is Travis Etienne. He's gone off the boil since the bye. Mm. Three games without a touchdown, either side of the bye. That was after scoring two touchdowns in three consecutive games. So very much gone off the boil. Uh, still having a great season, Etienne. But I'm quite annoyed with him because he's let me down in a couple of leagues. Yeah, oh, you should know better, Edwin. <laughs> yes. I was quite concerned about wide receiver targets with Zay Jones being back in. But if anything, that seemed to help Ridley. Actually mm. spreading the coverage a little bit. So maybe we'll see Ridley be a bit consistent again. It'd be nice after what we saw at the start of the season. Cowboys, Panthers, Tony Pollard had a good game. Yay! We said he had to do it yes. against the Panthers. 18 points. He's got a favourable game as well this week. Dak and Lamb were both still good. 16 points apiece, but disappointed by their standards. This was not a week for that DFS double stack as we saw it loads of places. Cowboys defence sacked Bryce Young seven times and hit a pick six on their way to 22 points. You just kind of expect games like that from the Cowboys every so often now, don't you? Seven times. Seven, I would not want to be sacked by a Cowboys defensive player seven times. Seven I times. wouldn't be getting back up each time. Every single Panther let you down, except for... Uh, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Yes. 15.4 points. Is Bryce Young a good by-low candidate now for Dynasty, or is Bryce Young a bad quarterback? I think we've got to give Bryce Young time. You look at these 
quarterbacks. They don't all necessarily have brilliant first seasons like T-Law. T-Law's sophomore year was, yep. was his real breakthrough year and he's into his third year now. So we can't compare Bryce Young to... Well, we can. But it's unfair to compare him to yep. CJ Stroud because he looks like a freak uh, and he is going to be phenomenal. But I think Bryce Young could be a serviceable quarterback. I don't know. I, what you I'd think. like to think he's someone that I think I probably I might put a few speculative trade offers out for during the off season in areas where I'm struggling for quarterback and I've not got a top draft pick for next year's rookie draft to try to fill that gap. Raiders v Finns. So I mean, outside of Mister. So Raiders v Finns, outside of Mr. Fancy Freak Tyreek Hill, uh, who we've talked about already, and Devontae Adams, who got you 21.2 points, there wasn't very much on offer for fantasy managers here. Who was the lead running back for Miami? It was Salvon Ahmed, of course. Obviously. Um, that was in terms of points. It, he had three out of three receptions and a touchdown, so he got involved in the receiving game. Most very much had the heavy workload. He had a lot of yards and carries for just 10 fantasy points. Only one tight end got receptions on each team, so there was nothing happening for tight ends. Uh, O'Connell, Aidan O'Connell, had his best week yet, but only 12.14 points was good enough for QB19. So he might be someone you've included desperately, but yeah, he's not going to get you big points as Aidan. Did we see the pass on the torch from Harris to Warren in Steelers-Browns game? Three fewer carries, but nearly 100 more yards, and three receptions led him to 23.5 points. Jalen Warren's looking good. Well, there's a lot of talk pre-season about him looking really good in camp, about him looking more trusted than Harris, and it seems we might be seeing that transition. You can't rule either out. No, I mean, Najee Harris, we talked about at length, didn't we? How we weren't backing him last, was it last season? Yeah. I don't think he's ever lived up to his rookie season, and well, we'll see. But I think Jalen Warren is possibly the man going forward. One thing is for certain, Kenny Pickett was horrible at the weekend, 5.14 points. Oh, don't. You know when he's going to have a great game, don't you? <laughs> you know who Bengals have got this week. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, oh, Kenny P. If, if you want Kenny P, if you play him this week, you'll get about 60 fantasy points. It's, well, it depends. It depends who he's passing to because he doesn't pass to his own players very often. The Steelers have sacked their offensive coordinator today, so that might Ooh. make a difference. So, yeah. Oh, that'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> that'll help him see his own players. <laughs> Um, nobody else gave you value for the Steelers, though. Jerome Ford did you a job, 11.9. And Elijah Moore had his second best game of the season, 12 points. Good old Elijah. I do feel a little bit unkind to Elijah Moore for no real reason. Well, other he's, than, he's rubbish. Yeah, I just, <laughs> someone I'm weighing quite heavy. It feels like kicking a kitten, though. Um, and Joku was tied 10-3 with 12.6 points. That was about it as well. Amari Cooper's value is worrying with DTR throwing the ball, though. Um, and he's someone I picked up a lot because he's been great value so far this season. I think we'll probably see a little bit of regression with that, though. Who's up next? So Giants v Commanders up next. Uh, big win for the Giants. And both quarterbacks did really well. DeVito, we've talked about. Great week for him. Somehow, despite his three interceptions, almost matched DeVito uh, with just about 20 points. Uh, and somehow is, of course, still quarterback four in fantasy yeah. football. Unbelievable. Brian Robinson backed up a great week 10, receiving the key for his points. The last two weeks, he's had six and seven receptions, respectively. And he is currently where in the RB list, points-wise? Brian Robinson. Eight. Four. What? Yeah. I know. Very surprising. I thought I was being generous. Yeah, very surprising. Uh, Darius Slayton had his best week of the season, 18 points and a touchdown. But he got injured and might be out for the next game. 
Curtis Samuel was ejected, of course, following that fight. The naughty boy. Naughty it wasn't, boy. It wasn't really a fight. No, it was all pretty pathetic, fight. wasn't it? So uh, he didn't get you many points. How many players did somehow target this week? Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, you're testing me on my research. Eight. Eleven again. Oh, wow. So he's spreading the ball. He's always not sure where to pass it. One of the two. Bears and Lions. Field had a solid fancy week, although he looks like a player who's been out for four weeks. He'll hopefully come back and his running certainly helped that fancy score quite a lot. Down week for Jared Goff, 16.74. Monty and Gibbs continue to coexist. Yeah, they run riot, really. Monty got 17.8 and Gibbs got 21.5. So they continue to put big numbers and you can't think about sitting either of them. They've both got RB1 upside any given week. And on top of all of that, Amaras St. Brown still got his work in. 21.7. Equinemius St. Brown had a quieter game. 3.9. Oh, beautifully pronounced. I know why, though. What Would you like to know why he had a quieter game? Oh, okay. So Amonra. What does Amun-Ra mean? Some god. What does Equinemius mean? I don't know. Serene and calm. Oh, does it? So, I mean, he was, it was decided from the moment the parents named them which one was going to be the elite. Serene and big calm. Time, uh, big time NFL player. Serene and calm doesn't, doesn't really speak to say where's the sun god. <laughs> DJ Moore had a solid game. Glad to see Fields back, I think, because they were brilliant combination before Fields went out. And he's back up to 22.6. And I can I say I asked on the we did a vote, didn't we? Or no, we didn't do a vote on the on the TH Fantasy Football uh, Twitter page X page. We asked for your start sick oh, conundrums, yes. and I had DJ Moore versus Devonta Smith. And so I I, I really couldn't decide. So I thought, who whatever the percentage is yeah. higher, I'm going with that. Devonta Smith was slightly higher, so I played Devonta Smith. Luckily. He had a, he had a good, all, goodish yeah. game. But when I saw DJ Moore sat on my bench with 22 <laughs> points, I was very annoyed, but it was okay. We're annoyed with the masses. <laughs> yes. It was our first double into a little start-sit thread on Sunday, and it was, it was busy work. It really was. That was a lot of work on a Sunday, but quite enjoyable to interact with lots of different people. Who was the next highest scorer, though, for the Bears? After Fields. And more. Ooh. Cole Komet. Cairo Santos. The kicker was 17 points. Oh, wow. Okay. So nice to hit. So some mega names in that game. Amon-Ra, Equinemius, Cairo Santos. Very Egyptian themed. Who's up next for you, though? Not sure if I can compete on the names front, but Tampa Bay uh, at San Francisco. Are the 49ers and Brock Purdy through their rough patch? It seems so. Zero interceptions for Brock Purdy in two games after having four in two games before the bye. And he had three passing touchdowns this week to make him QB2. CMC, after one whole week without a touchdown, got back on the horse and his 20-ish points. Rashad White was a steal. He is currently RB6 and he was going in the seventh or eighth round in drafts. Who said he was great value and a breakout candidate? Uh, oh, no, this is where it's you. It was me! Oh, there you go. Okay, I, I thought got one so. right. <laughs> Five consecutive weeks of 15-plus points. Receptions, again, uh, a bit like uh, we mentioned earlier, have been the key for Rashad White recently. Evans, we mentioned last week, metronomic machine on the march towards 1,000 yards, despite what we said. Ayuk, what a stat line this is. Five of six for 156 yards and a touchdown. And George Kittle appears to have hit top form. Three consecutive weeks of 20-plus points, when I think he was kind of being ruled out as bit past it, but very much not past it. Well, I went to it. look, after what we said last week, I went to look back to see when the last time he did 
three games of that level in a row. And it, like we said in the hero section, he's never done it before, which is surprising for a player like him. But I think the 49ers are, they're not hot hand, are they? They won't go, well, he's had a good game, let's pass him, pass him. It's very much sensible situational football. And sometimes Kittle has a blocking game and does nothing in receiving game, does he? 49ers looking good. The Chargers are not looking good. They hate winning, so they don't do it. What is it? They I think is it seven games they've lost by three points or fewer this season, something like Just that. Just utter madness watching the charge for part. I cannot wait to see the Ravens charges this weekend. Brandon Staley has been getting a lot of stick across uh, social media, across various uh, media outlets this week. I, I don't think he'll last this season. Herbert twenty five point seven points. So Keenan Allen twenty seven point six wide receiver two on the season as well. They got the job done. Nobody else was interested. So for Stone Smart, I can't believe you mentioned Jalen Guyton. Didn't mention Stone Smart last week as a potential pickup. That was this week's player every week. A player I haven't heard of. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he turned his one reception into 51 yards and a touchdown. As we often have with a player like this, efficient is what we can say for Stone Smart. Quite a week for Eckler, seven points. Quentin Johnston is firmly in the potential bus category now. Only two games of 10 or more points, and his wide receiver, 86. I don't think anyone expected him to be phenomenal start of the season. I don't think anyone expected this, though, either. Can I ask a question? You can. Why did I put him in my DFS lineup this week? Because you're a moron. <laughs> that is the correct answer. <laughs> he must have been very, very good value. He's very cheap. I don't have much money left. Um, Jordan Love continues to be better for fantasy than looks in real life, 20.88. But Reed and Dobbs both had wide receiver two-tier games. Not bad for players who would have drafted for a flex spot position. And Dylan took over from the injured Jones and picked up 10 points. So no big points, but no one massively let you down that you've been likely starting there. Let's talk about a game now that we kind of have to talk about, but it wasn't very good. The Jets v. the Bills. Oh, dear. Starting off with the main man himself, Zach Wilson. Zachy Dubs. Who has now been relegated to QB3, I think, in New York. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Or QB4, if you include Rodgers. Seven completions in Week 11. Five of those were to Brees Hall. What was the highest score for a Jets wide receiver this week? Fancy score? Oh, I've, I've not looked at I'm going to go three and a half. 0 0.9 <laughs> for Garrett Wilson. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know why I'm laughing because I play Garrett Wilson a lot of <laughs> Garrett Wilson must hate Zach Wilson. Uh, imagine the season he thought he was going to have and oh, what a horrible season he's that's, had. That's like someone stamping on your Christmas presents before you open them, isn't it? Oh, because uh, especially he, he just looked in hard knocks. Garrett Wilson was like, oh, I've yeah. got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's really, really good. Oh, Rodgers' friend. <laughs> he's gone disastrously. Oh. Allen, Josh Allen, that is, was solid on the other side of the pitch. QB1 still overall. How, how is Brees Hall RB11? I'm surprised he's that high, actually. Mm. But he's RB11. Impressive stuff, really, in a struggling offence. What were the odds on Khalil Shakir being wide receiver one for the Bills? I'd imagine they were quite long. 20 plus points, but I imagine he was on a lot of benches this week, unfortunately. Yep. What's happened to Gabe Davis? Zero targets in two of the last three weeks despite having a snap percentage in the late 80s or early mm. 90s, he's not getting targeted. Nope. So he's letting a lot of fancy managers down too. Zach Wilson surely is done. Oh, yeah, I think in, so. Like, you, oh, he's done in New York. Uh, this is the second time, the second season in a row, we've heard talk about players' meetings and 
trying to rally the rally the troops and it just doesn't work. I mean, the video that you told me about that went to the final of him, you, you can't even walk backwards. Oh, yeah, we fell over <laughs> walking backwards. I just think Robert Salah has stuck by him over the last few weeks when he has been getting absolutely pelted by yep. Jets fans and he stuck by him and, and there's, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to be. Who's still not got a job though? Like Carson Wentz is out there. Mm. Dalton, has Dalton got a job? Cam Newton's not got a job. No, yeah. But there's, 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 surely they've made phone calls. Surely they've made calls. Or maybe they're not because they don't want to upset Rodgers if he comes back in. I would be amazed if Aaron Rodgers comes back into the team now. Because there seems to be no point, does there? Oh, this season? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think he, he, it would be ridiculous. I know there's talk of him coming back towards the end of the season, but what would be the point? He may as well just yeah. wait for next season. Moving on to Seahawks-Rams, very little to discuss in a quite dull match. Uh, DK Metcalf and Puka Nakua were in the ballpark of 20 points, but Jason Myers was the highest scorer after them, the Seahawks kicker, so that tells you the sort of game that they had. After a great opening three weeks, 2-2 Atwell has been very quiet. Obviously, Miss Stafford at times, but yeah, he's let you down if you maybe picked him up on waivers. Tyler Higby is currently tight end 24. What huge letdown he's been. He's not scored 10 or more points since week four. Wow. So Higby, who I think a lot of people thought was a bit of a steal later in drafts, has very much not been. We spoke about him earlier in the season when in several best ball leagues, my tight end tactic was to go for Chig a bit earlier on the hope of the upside and then back that up with the nice, steady, guaranteed floor of Higby that has lost me quite a few matchups <laughs> in best ball. Yeah. That's why I'm not having a good best ball season this season. Cardinals, Texans, three interceptions for Stroud. Bin him. He's rubbish. He's no good whatsoever. I think we could probably let him off considering he's only had two up until last week. I assume, he's, was it two or three passing touchdowns? I think he had. Yeah. So he kind of... He, he... he spoke really confidently afterwards as well. His press conference that I've heard clips of in a few places. Uh, I think he makes a comment about Steph Curry won't doesn't stop shooting when he misses, so neither will I. <laughs> um, he's clearly got the personality and the psychology to brush those things off. If it doesn't happen again, it won't be an issue for him. I think he will go on from strength to strength. Well, did you see that absolutely massive hit on him? I can't remember who it's for. Was it Simmons? I can't remember. There was a massive hit on him, and he was out for a play, then he was back in. But that was a huge hit. He's definitely got it up there, hasn't he? Singletary did it again. First time in his career with back-to-back 100-plus-yard games. Before last week, he only had three 100-yard games in four seasons. All four seasons have been in the NFL. So he's on a bit of a run at the minute. Tank Dell is too short and too light to be a top NFL wide receiver. Correct. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. It's the general rhetoric we were hearing loads of before the season started. But three wide receiver one fancy weeks in a row. And he is properly in sync with Stroud. I was a bit annoyed with him again. I think you... you... <laughs> You, just like me, had Bobby Trees in DFS. Yes. And I thought Bobby Trees would have a good week, and he didn't because of Tank Dell, hogging all the targets. Bobby Trees did fine for me. I think I was happy with just under 10 points. I Bobby suppose Trees so. I suppose that's DFS. all you can hope for, yeah. Um, I used Bobby Trees DFS this week purely to get two other players. So Tank Dell was never in my consideration for that. He's, he's a good player for DFS like that when you get the right week. Good games for Collins, Schultz, and Bobby Trees. You jumped the gun a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Kyler Murray, 22.66, and picked up value on his feet again. But he left a lot of points out on the field. If this is what we can expect from Kyler Murray moving forward, brilliant. But there's clearly a bit of ring rust because he's 
Is this I was two quite, games in this new offence? I was quite happy. I know you're not a massive Kyler fan, but I, I think I was pleased to see him back. I think he's an important player and I think he's a player that's maybe been a bit harshly criticised. Mm. I like watching him, I just don't like the cut of his jib. Right, okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Connor was quiet again. Fingers crossed he'll hit form again because he's great to watch and was looking really good before his injury. Hollywood disappointed again as we spoke about in the zero section and it was Greg Dorch. She's just a rubbish name. I reckon that might be one of the worst names Dorch. in sport. Greg Dorch. Dorch. He what sounds like a boring man. Mm. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. He was wide receiver one for Arizona with only 13.6 points. Only one reception for Rondale Moore. But what a reception. That was an absolute phenomenal reception for a touchdown. The onions on Kyler Murray to sling it like that so early into the game. It was some throw. Great yeah. throw. Trevor Brown is quite percentage of the top 12 tie, 79.3 points. Last but not least then, the Vikings at the Broncos. Big win for the Broncos who, dare I say it, are looking like they might get a playoff place. Four in a row. Yes. I can't remember what the stat was, but it was the first time they'd won four in a row. Four. A, a long time. I can't remember what that I should have looked up, really. And they're, you know, very competitive. They're winning close games. But from a fantasy perspective, this game wasn't much to write home about. A quiet game for Dobbs and Wilson uh, at quarterback. I think they got you in, in the kind of double figures in terms of points. Pirine and Sutton didn't let you down if you had them. But despite my advice, all Vikings receivers did. So I there said it was go. a good week to start Vikings receivers, but it wasn't. Outside blocking tight end Josh Oliver, that's normally his role, who scored 14 points, which meant nothing to nobody because he was 0% <laughs> rostered. Um, there was very little to write home about, apart from Will Lutz, the Broncos kicker, who got you 17 points. Moving on to this week then, bye weeks, there are none. Thursday night football, there are three. Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners. And there's a Friday night football. Friday game is very exciting yeah, as well. I, I assume that's a kind of... Black Friday slash Thanksgiving yeah. special I think game. It's like the Amazon, the Amazon sponsored yeah. game or something oh, like that. Oh, okay. The, right, that makes sense. I'm sure there'll be adverts. Yeah, but yeah. who is it? Is it Jets? Jets somebody? Jets isn't Dolphins. It? Jets Dolphins, yeah. I've got it written here. I don't know what I was oh, thinking. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving games, Packers, Lions, Commanders, Cowboys, Forces, and Seahawks. Obviously, being in the UK, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but we love to dine out on your Thanksgiving fun. Because we get some extra football in the week. Which is well, I, I would love to celebrate because it's basically just like another Christmas dinner. Mm, turkey. <laughs> yeah, mm, football. So, yeah. Delicious. Black Friday football, yep. Dolphins and Jets. So make sure we get those lineups set. And where possible, which might not be so easy with some of those teams involved, keep those flex spots clear. Other players we are without this weekend, though. Joe Burrow, as we said, out for the season with the wrist ligaments. Mark Andrews, long term, but not officially ruled out for the season. Don's Foreman didn't return following an ankle injury. News seems to be that it'll be okay. Aaron Jones, knee injury, doesn't look serious, is the quote we've had on that so far. Cooper Cup tried to return, but didn't feel right. Worrying thing there is it's the ankle that he was out earlier in the season as well. So we'll see if he returns this week, but it's not the season he would have hoped for. Certainly not the season I hoped he would have had when I drafted him in the middle of the first round in lots of places pre-season. You were very high on Cup. I was more dubious, but yeah. He paid off in like his first game. <laughs> right. so I, I had that one. That's <laughs> all we had. Devon Achan landed on the same knee as previously injured and was sore. Apparently it's good news from the medical staff, but I would be amazed if we see him back this week. Zach Wilson left the game, injured or rubbish. I think it looked like he was benched, but 
who knows with Zach Wilson to the injuries, ability to play football, as we said, with other players <laughs> That as was well. injured a long time ago. Gino Smith left with tricep bruising, but returned. But apparently that's a bit of a nasty injury that expectedly is not looking likely for Thanksgiving football. And Kenneth Walker, an oblique injury, similar to what we heard CMC having earlier this season, and he could barely move. Do you know how Pete Carroll described his injury? I heard this quote earlier. Can you just tell me, what is an oblique? I, an I... oblique. It's the muscle I'm pointing for our, uh, obviously <laughs> our visual audience. It's the bit that attaches your um, abdominals around towards your latimus dorsi on the side of your back. Oh, okay. Right. Sorry. Sorry. I just wanted to picture where the oblique was. It sounds like a very manly injury to injure your injury oblique. Injure oblique. Oh, my oblique. <laughs> not if you use that voice. No, no not like that. <laughs> so go back to, sorry, the Pete Carroll. What um, did you... Well, yeah. So how did Pete Carroll describe that? Honestly, when I heard the word he used, I would love to hear Pete Carroll say in this injury. Is it like, you know, a bit sore or something like His that? His injury is legit. <laughs> uh, there is nothing less legit than Pete Carroll saying something is legit. If Pete Carroll said, look, it's legit, I wouldn't be buying it. That's the sort of thing that someone tells you on eBay when they're trying to flog yeah. some oh, yeah. moody goods. This is legit, I promise, <laughs> yeah. yeah. For members of the stateside group, it's sort of like Phil McCann's shirts are legit. <laughs> it's that sort of thing. <laughs> right, anyway, shall we look ahead to this week in a bit more detail, Ed? Seats of the week. So, fewest fancy points against so far. Running backs, the Eagles giving up the least fancy points to running backs. I'd be worried about starting James Cook this week. As we say with running backs week in, week out, you might not have any choice, but I wouldn't expect big numbers. Falcon second best against the running back. You start in Kamara regardless. I'd probably leave it there, though. Saints, Falcons as well, so it's just splitting it around. Would you bench Bijan Robinson here? No. I don't think I, don't think I you would, can bench Bijan. But at the same time, I'm not really surprised if I now get six points. Yeah. But at some point in the breakout's happening. It doesn't look like this week, but we shall see. Wide receivers, the Jets continue to be dominant against wide receivers. You are starting Tyreek Hill anyway. Please don't think about that. Just make sure Tyreek Hill is in your lineup. Obviously, Waddle could be a bit more of a conundrum, though. He's very up and down, hasn't he, Waddle? I think flex at best is what you're hoping score-wise this week. Brown's got the Broncos. Sutton will be hard not to play because he keeps getting touchdowns. I wouldn't start anybody else, though. Cowboys, third best against wide receivers. They've got the Commanders. Flex at best for McLaurin and... Jahan Dotson, as we say, don't hold up much hope for him. He is a bit of an anomaly, but he's going to get you good games here and there. When will they be? Probably not this week. Tight ends. Now, this is very, very easy, Ed, for the tight ends, whether we should start or sit them. So, the Browns are the best against tight ends. They have the Broncos. Steer clear from Troutman. <laughs> Titans have the Panthers. Steer clear of first down Tremble. Patriots, third best against tight ends. They've got the Giants. Steer clear from Bellinger. That's easy. There is no one even thinking about starting there, is there? Who are you looking at sitting, though, this week for getting quarterbacks? Well, I'm going to go back to that Black Friday game, and it's the Jets v. the Dolphins, of course. If, as expected, Tim Boyle comes in for Zach Wilson, I'd seriously consider benching Garrett Wilson and, and almost certainly bench Alan Lazard. Now, to, to clarify, if Zach Wilson was playing, I'd say exactly the same thing. Because yeah. uh, I just think, I mean, Garrett Wilson, uh, as we said, must be... I don't know, just really fed up. Uh, 0.9 points this week. He's had a really disappointing season. And, I mean, the Finns' defence isn't amazing, especially their secondary. It's not elite. It maybe was, but it isn't anymore. The Jets' offence is just so stagnant, and I don't think Tim Boyle's the answer. 
So no. I can't see him making much difference. So I'd be very wary of starting Jets wide receivers, including Garrett Wilson. Best against the quarterbacks then are the Cleveland Browns. So they've got the Broncos this week. Not a week for Russell Wilson, although we've been a bit more favourable of Russell Wilson over the last few weeks. Ravens' second best against quarterbacks have the Chargers. If you have Herbert, you're likely starting him anyway. But with where you draft him, you may have a QB2 you would think about at this point. So see what you've got, but you're most likely going to roll the dice on Herbert. Third best are the Chiefs. Got the Raiders. I wouldn't start Aidan O'Connell this week. I wouldn't have started him any previous week either, but definitely not this week. My sit of the week is coming up in the waivers though, Ed. So time for a break. Fantasy football is all about collecting the best roster of players. So why not assemble your roster at home with some help from stateside sports? With over 30 sports trading card products in stock right now, Stateside Sports is the best place to grab the latest releases in sports trading cards. Collect autographs of your favorite stars, rookie cards of the hottest prospects, and rare super short print cards to make your collection as unique as your fantasy team. Start your search the best way possible. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now. Starts of the week. Chargers are giving up the most points to fancy wide receivers. This might be the week I finally get to see that Zay Flowers breakout. With Andrews out, OBJ potentially out, Zay Flowers could have really good value this week. <laughs> I feel like we say this every week. I know, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> I saw you this week on, on uh, Facebook asking about Zay Flowers' cards. Any Zay Flowers? It's like you're trying to manifest him into, into uh, existence. It worked with Rashad Bateman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You've got like an amazing collection of Rashad Bateman cards. and he's, no, he's not My card it. collection is currently more impressive than his career. <laughs> well, by a distance. Uh, Bateman, though, does have potential flex value if... He gets a touchdown. He's very touchdown dependent. But the Chargers love giving up points. Eagles shipping the second most points to wide receivers. Surely Diggs has a good game against them this week. Shakir looks startable too, based on what we've seen. Third worst against fantasy wide receivers are the Commanders. They've got the Cowboys. Obviously, you're starting CD Lamb. Hmm. Cooks and Gallops could both have flex value as well. So there's some good flex options this week at wide receiver. Tight ends, the Broncos have got the Browns. And Joku should be a good play this week. Texans got the Jaguars after two quiet weeks. Engram should be a good play this week. He could be a good DFS pick. And third most points against tight ends are the Jags. Texans definitely fire up Dalton Schultz at this point. He's getting new points week after week after week. QBs, commanders giving up the most points to quarterbacks. You're always starting Dak Prescott. Chargers giving up the second most to quarterbacks. Got the Ravens. You're always starting Lamar Jackson. Books have got the Colts. Minshew could be a sneaky start this week. Although he's been disappointing before the bye, I'd proceed with caution, but Minshew could be a good play this week. But prior to that week, I think he'd had a couple of decent weeks, didn't he, Minshew? So yeah, yeah I'd definitely start Minshew. Once if I again, had him could week. be a good value DFS play if you want to take that risk. Who are you looking at, Ed? Well, I just, I mean, this is going to be quite an obvious start, potentially, based on their form, but it's Devin Singletree. Now, the reason I say that is it looks like Damian Pierce is going to be back this week. So you might make the assumption, oh, if Pierce comes back in, then, then you know, Singletree's not going to get the touches. But I'm not sure I, I kind of buy that. Um, even, you know, obviously, if Pierce is, is still out, then Singletree's starting. But even if Pierce comes back, you know, as we've said, Devin Singletree's had two consecutive 100-yard rushing games. His ownership's up to 78%, but he's only started by 58% of managers Singletree. 
which I thought might be higher. I expect him to keep up his red-hot form versus the Jags, who tend to struggle against running backs. Even if Pierce comes back, I would keep Singletree in your lineups. I'm sticking with running backs as well. So Singletree was one of my players that I would have to start to week this week for the exact same reason as well. But also looking at running backs, some great matchups. The Broncos giving up the most points to running backs. Jerome Ford should have a great week this week. We saw at the weekend against a sturdy Steelers defense. He was still getting very involved despite DTR being signal caller. Panthers. Now, this is one I'm not feeling very confident on, but Panthers have got the Cowboys and they've got the second most points to fantasy running back. Could Tony Pollard have a second good week in a row and consolidate that bounce back? I don't think you'd have questioned this for a second earlier in the season. Maybe he just maybe he needs that confidence week. Yeah. I'd be surprised if he doesn't have a have a great week. So Pollard could be a good play because of his reasonably poor numbers recently. Once again, could be a reasonably good value in DFS. And then, yeah, completely agree with Singletary as well. We'd expect the waves to be quieter this week with no buys, but there are some holes still to fill. So let's see how we can fill them. Fire from the wide. Right, first up, it makes me sad to talk about this, but I'm going to have to. Uh, first up on the wave wire is, of course, Jake Browning. Why is that? Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! I'm not ready to joke about it yet. Uh, Jake Browning. Currently, unbelievably, I was stunned by this, 0% rostered. Jake really? Browning, 0% rostered. I think it was a really good handcuff for Jake. <laughs> but, undoubtedly now, he will start the next seven games. And he does have some elite weapons there. Of course he does at his disposal. Will he average more than 10 points a game? As much as I'd I'd love him to, I don't think he will do. I don't think he will. He's basically, despite being 27, when it comes to NFL snaps, he's basically a rookie. Uh, His first pro snaps uh, were against the Ravens, apart from a couple of reps when Burrow was benched uh, week one. But he's just not played. He's just sat in practice squads or, uh, you know, in the 53-man roster. So if you are desperate for quarterbacks, Browning is an option and... I think he does have potential upside of maybe a 20-point week, you know, garbage time points possibly. but Deeper super flex, really. Yeah. So, you know, we would have said, oh, I don't know, Tommy DeVito is a waste of time, but he's got a few points, so you never know. Uh, so I'll come back to other quarterbacks later. Let's move on to Zach Charbonnet. Beautifully named. It's a great shout, this one. Uh, he's 51% rostered and, uh, of course, running back in Seattle. Now, he's finally woken up the last two weeks. Uh, safe to say, fancy managers probably expected a lot more from him. He, he was kind of about a 10th round pick uh, in drafts, uh, but he's RB50. If Kenny Walker is out, as we referenced earlier, he's got that wonderful oblique injury, <laughs> then I would say uh, Charbonnet's got high-end RB2 upside. So... I think Charbonnet is somebody when the running back market is always slim pickings to definitely have a look at. And there's a chance he might be available in your league. Jaden Reed is next up. Uh, we talked about him a few weeks ago when we were looking at rookie wide receivers. He's only 43% rostered uh, and he's having a very solid rookie season, apart from the week when I wanted him to have points in the fancy prop. <laughs> yep. um, six weeks he's had where he's scored 10 or more fancy points. This week showed he's got rushing potential too. Three rushes for 46 yards. Basically, get him if you can. He could be a difference maker. And he's got the Lions this week, uh, which is quite an appealing matchup. Who are you looking at, Mark? So I'm sticking, I feel like a broken record naming Ravens players in this. But I'm going to mention Isaiah Likely, who, when I was doing my notes yesterday, was 
fourth on the trending players list on sleep. I've just had a look now and he's now at the top of the list. Currently only 5% rostered, only 63% rostered in dynasty leagues, which I thought felt really, really low based on what we saw last year. In weeks where Andrews was out all game last season, he was tight end two, tight end nine, and tight end three. Wow. He, he finds a way into the end zone. He's done that sporadically even with Andrews in. Last season, though, he didn't have the same wide receiver depth around him. So time will tell if he had the same value. He could be a risky start this week. So this is why Isaiah Likely is my top pick from the waiver wire, but he's also my sit of the week. I would get him so that no one else has got him, but I'd wait to see how that shakes out this week and whether the targets go more the way of wide receivers than they do the tight end. In deeper leagues as well, or if you've got a big bench, in deeper leagues or bigger bench leagues, I would also have a look at Charlie Kohler, the second year tight end, currently 0% rostered. The reason he could be a look is because though we've seen very little of him yet, when he does get a target, they go for good distance. So he's averaging just under 13 yards per reception on his five receptions so far. Yes, that's only five receptions, but we've seen that ability. I'm mainly saying this, Ed, I'll be completely honest. So if he does become something, we can say we said it. Okay. So uh, if that does go wrong, expect me to go back and edit out retrospectively. Who are you looking out for some more likely picks, though? Well, let's stay Ravens-themed and talk about OBJ. Is he wide receiver one in Baltimore now? Or, no. No. Okay. I thought targets, I'd pose the question. Targets-wise, it's flowers. However, big play value, OBJ still got that in his locker at the minute, the way he's being used. Well, clearly he's tracking better with Lamar. Yep. And three consecutive weeks of 11 or more fancy points. Expect him to have another strong week against the Chargers, as we've discussed. He's only 40% rostered, so have a look if OBJ is available. He's certainly helped me out in a few leagues recently. Last few people to talk about, AJ Dillon, someone who I don't like this season because he, I've had him in several leagues. I thought he was a decent pickup, but he's been rubbish. He is 61% <laughs> rostered. Now, if Jones is out, then I think AJ Dillon enters the conversation as the lead back. But be careful. He has struggled this season. He's only managed 2.07 yards per carry against the Chargers this week. His high score of the season, just 13.6 points. So pick up if you need a running back, but don't expect much from him. Let's talk about quarterbacks to finish off. Three to talk about. Tommy DeVito, why not? So many injuries, and he's better than the likes of Pickett, Ridder, and Wilson. <laughs> uh, what I like is that, um, this, is, this is a beautiful stat line, his touchdowns the last three weeks, his passing touchdowns have gone 1-2-3, where his interceptions have dropped 2-1-0. So, you know, maybe I'll carry on in that direction. Joe Flacco, avoid. He won't start unless DTR is injured or goes horribly wrong. So, despite seeing his name about, avoid him. And Tim Boyle, it will be his fourth career start on Friday against the Miami. If, as expected, he suits up. Can't see him doing much. Only pick up if desperate. I think probably Jake Browning is a better option than Tim Boyle because he's got the weapons and Tim Boyle hasn't. Tommy DeVito, in three games, already has more passing touchdowns than Danny Dimes on the rest of the season as well. Yeah, it's not surprising. I think surprising. what he's realised is Saquon Barkley is a very good player yes. and he passes in the ball a lot. But yeah, Tommy DeVito could definitely be a good shout. Ooh. You're genuinely looking forward to this part of the show this week, Ed? No, I'm not. Fantasy Props. Pistol versus Ed. So, Fantasy Props. I can happily announce... <laughs> The last week, I lost the fancy props because I had the Bengals roster who went for a measly 70.42. The Ravens went for a not spectacular, but getting the job done, 96.66. 
It's 8-3, Ed. You got a victory. Wow. Uh, well, what can I say? <laughs> I'm very emotional. I'd Start like to, of the comeback. Uh, I'd like to thank my family, you know. Uh, no, yeah, whatever. How do I get back in the saddle this week? So, we've done this before. It is higher or lower. So, it's a Thanksgiving slash Black Friday higher or lower. So, in this, I give you five players from across the four games. I tell you what they scored in week 11. And you tell me, quite simply, in week 12, will they go higher or lower? Ooh, I like higher or lower. Okay. There are four games, but I've chosen five players because we don't want to have an even number. That we want, we want a winner. Disgusting. Okay. So, first up, we've just talked about him. Mr. AJ Dillon. At the Lions. Now, there's no Aaron Jones, but as I've said, you know, AJ mm. Dillon, you know, his, his highest score this season is 13.6. He got 10.10 in week 11. Higher or lower? I think this is the hardest one of the bunch. Um, I'm going to go higher because I can see him getting a touchdown. Okay, so six yeah, points go, and then a, yeah, a few other bits. I'll go higher. You don't sound massively confident. Not at all. Okay. Next I'd probably up, rather go the same. I'd feel more confident. <laughs> right, next up, uh, a player who's had a mixed season, maybe not quite the season we're expecting, hasn't quite benefited from somehow, and that is Terry, scary Terry McLaurin. Now, this week, he is at the Dallas Cowboys, mm. uh, the 9.30 kick-off off for us. as uh, so the second game on Thanksgiving. Right, so week... 11, he scored 9.3 points. Is he going to get higher or lower against the Cowboys? He's got. These two are tough, I think. I'm going to go. I'm going to go lower. Okay. Is that confident at all? Is that the Cowboys' defense? Yeah, I think. And just a lack of. I just don't trust Terry McLaurin. He's a player I've never really been high on. Even during his peak. Okay, right. Same game. A gentleman we've already spoken about. What do you think? Tony Pollard, is he going to have back-to-back big weeks? So, of course, he's got the commanders. In week 11, he scored 18 points. So, Tony Pollard, higher or lower? I'm going to go lower. Ooh, so you don't I think, think... he could... I think he'll still have a good score, but I'm going with the weight of everything for the rest of the season. That I think the Cowboys will just will sling it on the commanders and dominate. Okay, the last Thanksgiving game is uh, Seattle against San Francisco. So I'm going to go for the number one guy, number one, number two guy in fantasy, CMC. So this week he scored a relatively average 20.2 points. So higher. You're going to go higher. So yeah, you're going higher. We do a CMC 46 point week. Okay, I think uh, we the only one we differ on so far is I probably have gone higher for Pollard, but I'm pretty much yeah. with you so far. And last but not least, let's have a quarterback because we haven't had a quarterback yep. in the Black Friday game, and we're going to go. We'll forget about the Jets. We'll go for two. Oh, higher. You, you, two. I'm going hundred percent higher. Okay, okay. Hundred percent higher. You know what he got? Yep. Okay. No, what did he get? For the listeners' benefit, eighteen point six. Oh yeah, higher. Okay. Higher. The Jets are good. As you said yourself, the Jets are good. Against no. receivers. But Tyreek Hill is in a go-go get-ems league. Obviously, I'm stealing quotes from all over the place this week. Yeah, Tyreek Hill will get him over that against the Jets. Okay, so that, that's your most so much one. time on defence. Okay. All right, so we have that's got... That's going to come back to bite me, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so you've <laughs> gone three higher, two lower. So AJ Dillon higher, Terry McLaurin lower, Tony Pollard lower, and then CMC and two are higher. So yeah. we'll see how we get on. Wonderful. Right, I am going to drop in a little bonus head. Because I'm going to give you a sneak preview to next week's fancy prop already, because it involves a poll. 
I'm going to put a poll out this week asking people who is the most fantasy relevant division in each conference. So I'll put out AFC, Northeast, Southwest, NFC, you know how it goes, and ask people to vote on that. We will then have choice of AFC or NFC to construct our teams next week. And you will only be able to choose from the division that comes last bottom of those polls. So just letting you know, so you can keep an eye on the week and so we can do it. Cause that is going to take a bit more research to decide who you would like. So I'm giving you a little heads up. Oh God, I'm going to be selecting from some horrible teams. (laughs) Some really horrible teams. So if you listen, get yourselves on X. It'll probably be at some point, maybe Saturday afternoon and get involved in the votes. I'd be very much appreciated. Thank you very much. Fantasy Basics. So Fantasy Basics this week. Firstly, the tight end show with Mark Watson is live. So please go and give a listen to that. But unfortunately, due to some unforeseen circumstances for our guests, we were unable to do our record this week. So upcoming though, we've got a DFS show, a Dynasty show, and a playoff big plays of a billionaire show as well. So we have got some guests. I think doing two records this week, so we'll be back on track there. This week's Fancy Basics, though, back to our normal format of just giving you some things to think about. I'm going to talk about Keeper League stashes. This is something that I thought I'd done to great effect last year. It's worked out one place really, really well. As in your Keeper Leagues, if you're in Keeper Leagues, at this stage, if you're out of the running or you've got players you know you're not going to play, have a look on the waiver wire for someone who you think might have good value next year. Our Keeper League works that you pay a draft premium of where you drafted them plus two rounds. So if you picked a player up in the fourth round side to keep them, you would pay your second round pick the following year. If you pick someone up from waivers, they just cost your bottom pick, wherever that may be on your draft board. So last year, I picked up Cam Akers. Uh-uh. Oh, no. Garrett Wilson. It's, not, mm. it's been all right, but not... Well, it's been all right for an 18th round pick. But hasn't worked out as I wanted to. That was when after I dropped him, wasn't it? Yes, it was after you dropped him. <laughs> I, I, I will load up to my mistake. Someone else I picked up after someone had dropped him. I don't think this was you. And I wasn't as high on preseason as I am now. Brandon Ayuk, wow. I got for an absolute steal. Mm. So have a look at your waiver wire. Someone you think potentially is currently out injured and has been dropped. Someone who you could pop on there, stick in your IR and just hold on to to see what happens over the offseason. Maybe if there are any rookie wide receivers that you might be putting down for that sophomore jump as a lot of wide receivers make in their second season, see if you can slot someone in there to get great value next year. The reason we're talking about this now, which is very early, you probably know if you're going to be out of the running or now or not. Lots of people have already been trading away their prime pieces to get draft picks, especially in our league where people are already planning for next year. This is a great little thing to do as well. The only reason I'm mentioning this now is because I'm trying to make a charge for the playoffs and I won't be doing this myself. Otherwise, I'd be keeping it secret, so I've done it with myself. No, no, no. Either. I'm doing well in the Keeper League, so yeah, I'm hoping to hit the So point. yeah, have a look at who you might want to stash with some value on next year. Moving on. Cash money. Sunday Night Bet Club. So I had a really good week, DFS. Well, I say really good week. I ended up walking away with eight hours across a couple of tournaments. So 60-odd dollars from the Fields Fantasy, and then a couple of others entered. However, my Sunday Night Bet Club bet did not go so well. But it, it was close, was it not? It was, it was all I right. Think that, so, uh, we, we differed, didn't we? I, I said Browns over Steelers. Yes. Um, so I was slightly... So Cardinals, better. Texans went Texans. That came out all right. Giants, Commanders. That I blame the Commanders entirely for that. How could I possibly have gambled on the Giants? If he did, though, that was good money because they were mm. 5.0. 
Cowboys beat the Panthers, obviously. Lions beat the Bears, not as obvious not, not as obviously, it could have been. No. Dealers lost to the Browns. That was a horrid game to watch. Titans obviously lost to the Jags. That comeback was always on the cards. And then I say the Chargers just didn't want to win. Never ever will I bet on the Chargers winning ever again because they threw that one away. So the Packers came out there. So I had four correct, three incorrect. Okay. So I've managed to, over the last two weeks, not win an over-under, not win an accumulator. So I'm going to double up this week and see if I can do it all at the same time. So I'm going to go for a Thanksgiving double up. Wow. It's not a phrase, but I'm going to try to make it a phrase. I'm going for the over-under and winner of all three Thanksgiving games. So see where you would go with these, Ed. First up, Packers-Lions. Packers 3.85, Lions 1.26. Lions. Lions, so I've gone for the Lions as well. The line, 46.5. I mean, the Packers have looked a bit better on offence recently. And the Lions always look like they'll get lots of points. I think I'd go over. I've gone under, but okay. I was back and forth on that one. Just not having the trust in the Packers. Commanders at Cowboys. Commanders 5.60. Cowboys 1.15. You can't look past the Cowboys, but everything's going so swimmingly for the Cowboys at the moment. They're ripe for a defeat, they I are, would to say. Be fair, yeah. So, but yeah, I'd go Cowboys. Uh, so I'm going Cowboys as well. Line of 48.5. Again, I think Commanders. And somehow get points, don't they? But then again, oh, I, I could see it being about 47 points. So I, I'd go under just. I've gone under similar thinking. And then finally, 49ers at Seahawks. 49ers 1.30. Seahawks 3.45. 49ers just look at the, yeah. the momentum, don't they? And a line of 42.5. That's got to be over. I've gone over. I thought yeah. I was, I felt quite it's confident. Quite low. With the yeah, yeah, I think so. That seems really low. So the odds are quite low on that as well. It's only three games. 13.41. So 13 pounds and 41 pence back on your pound. I might stick a fiver on that as a Thanksgiving treat to myself. Mm. And we'll see how that comes in. So if this has sounded good at the end of the podcast, then I've done a spectacular job of editing because we have stumbled our way through this podcast, Ed. It's taken us about eight hours. Uh, we are both very, very sleepy, but we are true troopers for the course. So we will be back later in the week with Fantasy Five. No Fantasy Basics bonus show this week, as we already said. And we're doing some work behind the scenes on some very exciting Festive Five shows as well. I say keep your ears open. We will be talking about those later on. I'm quite tired, though, Ed. I think it's time we got ourselves home. Can you call the lift for me, please? Yes, we're both very tired. Malcolm! You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.